In a few minutes, I want to share with you what the Lord laid in my heart for this Thanksgiving service. Today, um, God just wants me to remind somebody, I don't know who this is for, but God wants me to remind somebody this morning that you are not what your environment has named you. You are not what your family has named you. You are not what your own situation has named you. You are not what the parts of your father's house have named you. God wants me to remind you that you are what God says you are. And that's my message to you this morning. Because in our, in our generation, there are certain categories of, um, certain categories of um, identity. Let me put it that way. Matthew chapter 16, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 16. But if you go there, you will see the first category of people or the first category of identity are who people say you are. Yeah. The people, you know, on a daily basis, people try to, you know, identify you based on their own idiosyncrasies. Let me put it that way. They try to identify you based on their own insecurities. So people put names on people because they do not understand what is going on. And one of the things I've learned in my journey in life is that when people don't understand something, they usually criticize it. They just like to call it anything. So the first set of people or the first set of identity are the ones that what people say you are. And that's very common in our time. You know, they just look at you and say, ah, this one. See somebody looking good, and I say it here a lot. A young lady looking good, properly dressed, you know, God has blessed this person. Somebody just see her and say, ah, this one, it could be man, it could be man where they, where they take care of him. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So the first set of identity is what people say you are. The second set of identity is what your challenges say you are. Because most of the time, people, people tend to attach an identity to you because of certain things that you are going through. And it did not start today. The other day, the angel visited Mary, and after telling her so many beautiful things, the angel now said to her, Thy cousin Elizabeth, whom the world called barren, is now with child. Meaning that because Elizabeth was not able to bring forth children, she had been tempted with a particular identity. That's why I pray for somebody this morning, somebody who is willing to shout a dangerous amen, that every situation in your life, every unpleasant situation in your life, and people are using it to address you, as you thunder with your amen now, that situation shall disappear. <laughs> There's a third type of identity. Who you say you are. Who you say you are. Let me be honest with you. The whole world can be against you. I've seen people who the whole world has been against them but they eventually rise. 
So it's possible for the whole world to be against you and you still rise. But if the whole world is against you and you are against yourself, you cannot rise. So what you say about you is important. Many people have been through certain battles. The Bible says in um, Ecclesiastes, I think it's Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 7, yeah? The Bible says, affliction maketh a wise man mad. Certain people can go through certain challenges and they begin to doubt themselves. Certain battles of life can bombard you at a point and you forget who you are. And you begin to behave like somebody else. When you now begin to hear people say, I cannot even recognize myself. Yeah. Somebody who, who, who has been serving God, you know, has been diligent and dutiful. All of a sudden, because of battles, the person begins to compromise. Because of challenges. Because of the, of the issues of life. That person begins to compromise and then the person begins to say, ah, and this is not me. Let me tell you, the devil just wants you to keep telling yourself that. But like I said, God sent me to remind you that you are not any of these things. You are what he says you are. Matthew chapter 16. Let's read that quickly. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read from verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. 15. He said to them, whom do ye say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. You are what God says you are. Say to yourself, I am what God says I am. I am not a photocopy. You are not saying it like you understand or you mean it. Say, I am not a photocopy. I am the original. Say it loud. Say, I am what God says I am. So Jesus began to question his disciples as to who do people say he is. And of course, his standard. <laughs> because if you don't know who you are, people will tell you who you are. Your environment will tell you who you are. Yeah. And there are so many people who are laboring under bondage. So many people that are stuck in one spot. Why? Because they have listened to who people say they are. And they have taken what people say about them as their reality. Many who are suffering. Many who are struggling. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. That God says that you are the apple of his eyes. That's what God says you are. 
that he has inscribed you, you know, in, in contemporary English. God has tattooed you on his palm. That's who you are. So don't allow the environment to limit you. Maybe you do not know. In the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse, 20, and verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. Listen to me. The image of God talks about the spiritual attributes of God. So when the Bible says you are made in the image of God, it talks about God's spiritual attributes. Attributes like faithfulness, love, kindness, merciful. You know, so when God says I made you in my image, it means the same attributes I carry. That's what you carry. And then in the likeness is now the hands, the feet, the ears, the nose, you know. So not only did God make you or form you exactly how he is, he also put in you the things that he has in himself. That was the meeting that happened in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. Listen to me. You are not just a statistics in the data of this nation. You are not just one of those things that people toy with and get away with it. No, that's not who you are. You are not what your uncle or your lecturer says you are. You are not what your ex-boyfriend said you are. Yeah. Some people are there in a relationship. They have told you that I'm just managing you. You are not even fine. And you are telling yourself every day that the guy is just managing you. And you are not even fine. When the Bible says that you are an express image of the Most High, is God fine? Is God fine? If God is fine, then you are fine. Oh yeah. Some, some people have gone to ask a sister out. And the sister told them that, mm, you are not my standard. Oh. Well, no, you do not meet the standard. Don't ever have a... Never have anything. And those young men have bowed their heads. And they have concluded within themselves that they do not meet the standard. Let me tell you something. At a particular time, in the eye of some people, Joseph did not meet standards. When he was in Potiphar's house, he did not meet standards. When he was in the prison, he did not meet standards. But check him out in the palace. So do not allow anybody to define you as what you are. Listen, some of you are listening to me. This is the word of the Lord concerning your life. You are greatness that is about to happen. The fact that it, it has not happened does not mean it's not going to happen. Because at the time Joseph was telling them, I was seeing the sun and the moon and the stars and everybody here bowing down to me, even his father. His father was asking him, what are you saying that? Everybody, what, what is this thing that you are dreaming? Listen to me. Those things that appear to you in the vision of the night that looks like a, 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 a vast contrast from your present reality. This is me telling you 
that God is about to make those things manifest in your life. Some of you have seen your place, yourselves in places, in visions and revelations where you cannot even imagine. Listen to me. The fact that where you are now does not agree with what you are seeing does not mean you will not get there. You are what God says you are. I want to show you quickly from the Bible. A handful of things, just one or two because of time. Follow me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. I, 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 I love that scripture. It was one of, the, one of the scriptures I learned in Sunday school when I was in, a, a child. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called what? The sons of God. Let, before I go further, let me show you something. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed. When you use the word bestowed, bestowed means something that was gifted. Something like an inheritance that was transferred to you. So when the Bible says that God has bestowed upon us to refer to ourselves as his sons, and listen to me, when we are talking about son, we're not talking about gender. If you read the scripture and the Bible is talking about son, son, the Bible is not talking about men, no. The Bible, sonship is a system of inheritance. Sonship is a system of maturity. So when the Bible is talking about son, the Bible says, as many that receive him to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. It's not saying that it's not saying only when men receive him. No. When the Bible wants to talk about gender, it will specify. Like in Genesis, the Bible told us, male and female created he, him. Simple. We're talking about gender. But every time the Bible refers to son, the Bible is not talking about gender. It's talking about a system of inheritance. A transfer, a transference of virtue and power. That's what the Bible means when it's talking about son. So some of you that listen to son say sons and daughters. No, it's not talking about male or female. It's talking about your right as a child of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be referred to as the sons of God. So number one thing you must know, you are a son of God. You have right to the inheritance of heaven. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. Don't get that twisted. And if you know the process that got, the, the process that brought about this bestow that we just explained now, something precious. L let me explain it to you like this. If you've ever, if you've ever, if, if you've ever entered a store, you find out that, especially those expensive stores, find out that the things they display they vary in price when you enter the store. The things that are close to the door are not as expensive as the things that are inside. Abi, they usually put the expensive one. I entered one store the other day where they sell, and I noticed that the forty thousand, you know, all those ones, the ones are for the masses. Uh -huh. They're by the door. Then as you step forward, in fact, when you get there, you will see mirror. When you want to put your hand inside there, there will be plenty of mirror around there. Those, you understand what I'm talking about? 
So the further you go into the store, the more expensive it is. And that's what God did. When God wanted to bestow this inheritance on you, you know what he did? He went inside. He passed all the courts of heaven, all the angels, and went to Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of God. One of the most expensive items in the kingdom. His name is greater than every other name. He picked him and sent him to die. Why? Because he wanted a system that will allow him to refer to you as his son. So he shed his blood. Maybe you don't know that the most expensive item in this world is blood. Yeah. Because life itself is in the blood. Once you shed blood, that's it. Life itself is in the blood. So Jesus Christ had to come and exchange his life for your own. So that you can be called the son of God. So don't allow anybody to look down on you. Make you feel like you are second class. Or make you feel like you are substandard. No. I want you to leave this service this morning with that consciousness in your spirit. And I want you to declare and proclaim it every time you have the opportunity that I am a child of God. Can I hear you say that loud to yourself? I am a child of God. Say it very well. Say it with boldness. So don't make the enemy make you feel anyhow. The devil is whispering to you and telling you that, you know that this thing that you are doing cannot be shouting child of God like that. Though. No! You are a child of God. Remember that song that that songwriter said? I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child of God. If you know the song, sing it out. Say I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am a child. You have to have it in your consciousness. You have to have it with you everywhere you go. When you are doing your business transactions, it has to be there. It has to be in the center of your, of your activities and your life. That I am not ordinary. I am a child of God. Quickly, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. We'll see another thing that the Bible says that you are. After this, we now begin to pray. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, 13 and 14. It says, ye are the what? The salt of the earth. Let's stop there. That's all I need. The Bible says that you are the salt of the earth. And everything, the sisters will understand salt more than the brothers. Except the brothers know their way around the kitchen. But whenever salt is brought up, it's brought in for two things. One, for preservation, and two, for taste. If you want to use value, you want to use uh, impact, whatever. But you know, and this is one of the interesting things about salt. You can put all those ingredients in. Eh? You want to cook something. Sisters, are you with me? Please let me know if I'm correct. You can put all those ingredients. When you finish, eh? you will still put salt. Abby? Good. 
So technically speaking, from this analogy I just gave you, the world cannot do without you. Because when they gather everything and put inside the pot, I remember those cooking shows that we watch. When they say you put your seasoning, you put this one, you put the um, abonero, this, that, put everything, blah, blah, blah. When they finish, they will not, they will not say, and salt to taste. They will add it inside. Anything you are doing, eh? Listen to me. The Bible says that ye are the salt of the earth. Technically speaking, the world cannot function without you. And one of the things I like about salt, let me explain to you again about salt. When you are cooking, there's a particular time you must put a particular ingredient. True or false? If you miss it at this time, it's gone, right? But you can put salt anytime. Even after cooking the food, you will put the salt and you will not, the person that is eating will not even know that they added the salt after the food was gone. Listen to me. Some people are saying that, eh, yeah, nah, nah, nah. listen, it does not matter when you show up. What is important is when you show up, you show up for impact. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? It does not matter when you come on the scene. Salt does not need timetable to appear. But when it appears, it appears. Somebody's listening to me now. They have mocked you and said that you have stayed in one place for too long. I speak into your life. The salt of the earth will begin to activate in your life right now. In the name of Jesus. In verse 14, the Bible says, Ye are the light of the world. Light has to do with order. Has to do with creativity. Light has to do with illumination. Light, you can call it rema. Light has to do with solution. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was everywhere. And for God to be able to do what he needed to do, the first thing he said was, let there be light. And there was light. And immediately after there was light, God now began to do some beautiful... Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> you don't know it, but God sent me to you this morning to tell you that you are the solution your family has been waiting for. I'm not prophesying. I am telling you the word of God. The Bible says that ye are the light of the world. When there is darkness, there cannot be productivity. There cannot be creativity. I'm, I'm sure you know, you know one country like that, they don't have light. You know a country that doesn't have light, Abi? Uh, you know how they are. Compare them with the countries that have light. I was, I was talking to one man, one politician the other day. I said to him, see, if you want to fix this country, the first thing we need to fix is power. Let there be light. You will see how young men and women will begin to spring up with creativity all over the place. But the people that are supposed to be creative, they are using their creativity now to buy diesel, to queue up to buy fuel, to think about how they are going to pay Nepal. But just give these young men and women light. See how they will turn this nation around. But that's for the that's natural that's that's electric electric power that we are talking about. God sent me to remind you 
that without you in this world, there cannot be creativity. There cannot be productivity. You are what God says you are. Don't get yourself... Um, so many people have joined so many movements. They have joined so many groups, so many... You know, most of the time in our world, we are, we are looking for people to validate us. So you will now see somebody, <laughs> let's take a picture. Take a picture, I got to post it. Say, ah, ha, ha. So that the world will know that I know this person. Listen, it is you that the world needs to know. It is you that the world is waiting for. That's what the Bible was, was explaining in Romans. That the, the earth is waiting for the manifestation of the salt and the light of the earth. They are waiting for us to activate certain things inside of us so that we can explode this world for Christ. Don't allow the environment to nickname you. I remember that man in the Bible. His name was Blind Bartimaeus. I've told you before, in the Jewish place, Bar means son of. So Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. Yeah. So when you, when you hear, just like the one we read this morning, Simon, Bar Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah. But in the case of this young man, they took out his first name and replaced it with his problem. And they began to call him blind son of Timaeus. I speak into your destiny right now. That whatever the witchcraft powers have named you. Whatever as a result of your situation. Your environment has named you. That name expires today. In the name of Jesus. Quickly. How do I connect or activate what God says I am? Number one, you must believe God. You must believe God. You must believe that he exists. Believe that he can do what he said. So many people come to church and um, to them God is just a some kind of mental experiment. Yeah. Okay, well, you walk today. No. The Bible says, He that cometh to me must first of all believe that I exist. Then I am a rewarder of they that earnestly seek me. That's what God is saying. But you must first of all believe that I exist. Some people came to church this morning believing that Pastor Chinedu is around. But it's not Pastor Chinedu you need to come and look for in church. You need to believe that the Almighty is here. And most of the time, people come to church, you see them pressing their phone, you see them doing all forms of things, because they don't know that God is here. If they knew, they won't do that. Because ordinary Uniport, ordinary, no, no, not Uniport, what's this one by the bus stop here? Yes, that one. If your lecturer enters the class like this, you just put your phone on silent. 
Some people that your phone does not have silent function, they will just off the phone. But you come to church and uh, and the choir is singing, and somebody like, oh, shit. and when you look over their shoulder, they are they have their earpods in their ear, and then they are they are on cracks TV. Cracks TV is cracking them up. You know that when you crack things, crack, 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 crack. After one time, if it's scatter, they are cracking you up. No, but you must believe God. That's number one. You must believe God. Number two, you must believe in his word. The Bible says, my word will not return to me void. It must accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. You must believe what God says about you. You must believe what God says about your situation. You must believe his word. Number three, you must believe in yourself. Like I told you at the beginning, if the world writes of a man, that man can still rise. But if a man writes of himself, that man can never rise. So you must believe in yourself. Believe that I am the extension of the Almighty God. Like my wife was sharing with me the other day, I am the visible expression of an invisible God. That's all you are. You must believe that thing about yourself. It's because people don't, have be people don't believe God or his word or in themselves, that's why they go to somewhere and they just, uh, just park themselves one place. No. I've shared a story with you before. A, a, a pastor, a group of pastors were having a conversation. Not this election cycle, the one of the previous election cycle. And we're just talking about the things that politicians do and all of that and the role the church needs to take and all of that. We're talking about that. And one of the pastors now said, oh, they should just uh, pity the, should come, they should pity we, the common man. Ah. When the pastor made us, the pastor is quite older than me, but uh, I had to step in. I said, sir, <laughs> uh, with all due respect, sir, <laughs> me, I'm not common man. And I say, yeah, well, I say, no, I'm not saying that uh, me, that you just made a statement that they should pity the, me. I'm not part of the common man. Yeah. How many people can lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover? I'm not common. The Bible says that you will drink deadly poison and it will not harm you. You will trample upon serpents and scorpions and none of them will harm you. And you say, I'm common. No, I'm not common. Let the president try it. You must believe in yourself. You must know the capacity, the things that God has put inside of you. You must believe yourself. Number four, you must believe in the system that you are operating. Yeah. Some people are doing business. They don't believe in the business they are doing. Oh, yeah. How can Nigeria work for you when you, are, you don't believe in Nigeria? This is what I'm saying now. I'm, I'm touching some things, Abi. I'm serious. If you do not believe in the... Si when you came to church this morning, this thing is simple. It's simple. 
when you came to church this morning and the, the ushers were very courteous to, to direct you on where to sit, when you got to the seat that you chose to sit on, did you lift the seat and turn it, check whether the four legs are intact? Or did you ask the usher, please, I want to know what company manufactured this? Did you do that? You sat down, right? Why? Because you believe that I will sit down here and this seat will carry me. You cannot make any progress or any profit in a business you do not believe in. And that's where a lot of Christians are stuck. We don't have time to talk about that one. But if you are going to express or manifest what God says you are, you must believe the system you operate in. That's why you begin somebody say, ah, this company. <laughs> I'm just here. You know, once I get any slightest chance, jackpot. Nobody's saying you shouldn't do that. But I'm saying that in that thing that you are doing at the moment that you do not believe in, it can't work for you. A lady came to me. She had had three broken engagements. And she came to me and this young man wanted to get married to her. And every time she came to me, she kept saying, Pastor, I'm just telling you, let this all come, I'll be going. And I was telling her, I said, that thing is wrong. If you don't want to marry him, let it go. Don't agree. And then you are excess, not you are you're not even exercise, you are verbalizing your doubt. Eventually, the, the marriage didn't work. But this is what happened. Two months or, the, or three months after she told me that the marriage didn't work, she called me back and she was crying. That's what happened. I said, the guy, she said, the guy is getting married. I said, so why is he about? He said, eh, just na, 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 na. You have found somebody. Yeah. I said, because you were not serious. You did not believe that it was going to work. If you are in a system, believe that system. Yeah. So many people have shortchanged themselves because they do not believe what they are doing. How can you go to school and uh, you are talking to people in 500 level or a final year in that department and they are telling you that, ah, since 1920 something, there's no first class here. You, you not believe that you cannot get first class yet. You will not get first class. Yeah. I remember a young man, long time ago, he, he got into 500 level in one university in Nigeria, I don't want to mention the name. And the dean, the dean, who was taking them in the lecture, the dean of the faculty, told them in his final year, on that first lecture of the dean, he said, hey, welcome to 500 level, uh, those department. We don't give first class here. He said there were four people on the first class in that department. He was the only one who came out with the first class. Why? Because he said that when the dean said that one, he told himself that this man is talking his own. Me, I'm living here with the first class. You must believe. If you don't believe, it can manifest. That's what the angel, after talking to Mary about all those beautiful promises, it says that if you believe, there shall be what? A performance. Performance are after effect of belief. 
I want us to begin to pray now. You must believe the prophet of God. That's the last thing I was going to mention. Believe the prophet of God. The Bible says, Believe the Lord thy God and he shall be established. Believe his prophets and ye shall prosper. So believe the prophet of God, especially the prophet that has been sent above over you. Believe it. Don't just come to church and be talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's not what you're here for. You're here for serious business. Beloved, I don't care what the world has called you. I don't care what circumstances have named you. But God has sent me to tell you today that what he said about you is what he's going to do. Before we pray, I want to tell you a story. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, put it up on the screen, please. God appeared to a prophet, his name was Jeremiah, and he said to him, he says, before I formed thee in thy mother's womb, I have known you. And right from that time, I have anointed you, I have ordained you as a prophet to the nation. Listen to me. It does not matter what is happening to you. It doesn't matter where you are now. That thing that God has said about your life is what is going to come to pass. Rise to your feet. If God says you are light, you are light. If God says you are the salt of the earth, then you are the salt of the earth. If God says that you are his son, then you are his son. Anything that God has said concerning your life, that is exactly what God is about to manifest in your life. For just one minute, one minute before I pray, I want you to begin to say what God has said about you. Begin to say it to yourself. Begin to tell yourself, I am greatness that is about to manifest. Say, I am the head and I'm not the tail. That's the word of God about you. Say, I am on top and never beneath. In this business, I am in charge. In my career, I am on top. In my family, I am on top. Say, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Tell yourself those things that God has said about you. I am not the problem, I am the solution. I am not poor, I am rich. I am not weak, I am strong. I am not behind, I am above. Pass. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.